the market has shifted and it has shifted very quickly. We went from being under a month of inventory last January to hitting over five months of inventory just this past month, right? That is a massive swing in the market. That is that is a market that it didn't just slow down. That thing hit the e-brakes and it hit some pedestrians on the way, right? Like it was, it was insane. Um, so this is something that we're seeing as a shift that's a lot of people that got used to what the market was the last few years, they got spoiled, right? They got spoiled into that easy market. You just put a property on the market, sells right away. You know, it, things are good. It's over asking. You're just killing it. it. It didn't require much, much ability. Now it's starting to, you, we're having sellers that want to sell for what they used to get nine months ago. And you have buyers that want to buy what the market can be six months from now. Right? So you got this massive distance and we're in the middle. They're like, guys, come on. <laughs> I need both of you to, you know, come to some realization that like the sellers, you got to drop your prices and the buyers, it's not Armageddon, right? Like let's, let's kind of get some real world, uh, expectations with this market shift. But the great thing with all this is that that's where creative real estate comes in. We are seeing a massive rise in foreclosures and foreclosure people that are in foreclosure, they're in foreclosures because they're master procrastinators, right? They're not in foreclosure because it just snuck up on them and they didn't know what happened. If for any of you guys that have dealt with foreclosures in the past, foreclosures, they're sending you notices, they're reaching out to you. I mean, this is nothing new. All right. And by the time you hit foreclosure, like they, they've been trying to get at you for quite some time and they haven't been able to. So these people are massive procrastinators. Why does that matter? Because if they come to you and you're a real estate agent and they come to you like they do to us a week before the auction date and they say, I need to sell my house as an agent, you're like, shit, I don't know what we're going to do in the, you know, in a, in, in a matter of four days. Like, cause we got to put that property on the market. We got to get it on the contract. We got to go through all this process. What are we going to do? Right? That's where all this creative real estate that I'm going to go over is going to help you and understanding like what other options you have to help that person that's in foreclosure, not just sell their home, but actually make some good money for you. A lot of these creative strategies are going to make you much, much more than any traditional listing could ever make you, you know, now, now that being said. This is not knocking traditional listings or traditional real estate. My business partner, John Barr, he's the other half of Prime Homes. He's the supervising broker for the San Antonio area. He's licensed, everything. We make roughly over a hundred grand every single year on traditional real estate. So this is not an, you know, an or situation. This is an and situation. You're going to want to keep your license. You want to do license uh, transactions because it's all money at the end of the day. And it just other streams of revenue that you're going to be able to create. Does that make sense? So let's cover over traditional real estate. Um, this is the stuff that you guys are used to, right? You're going to purchase a home with cash. That's an investment. You can finance most of it with traditional bank loans and mostly purchase using a realtor with properties found on the MLS. Um, that's kind of your traditional route when you're dealing with uh, traditional real estate. So exit strategies, you can rent for cash flow. Total rent collected minus the year of your total bills. That's your cash flow. So very basic, right? For those of you that don't know what cash flow is, is you rent a property for 1600, 
your monthly bills, your your payments, you know, your interest, your insurance, your taxes are thirteen hundred bucks, then your cash flow in three hundred dollars, right? That's very basic what cash flow is. You collect ten months of cash flow at sixteen hundred dollars, that's sixteen grand a year. You pay twelve months of mortgage. Now, if that math doesn't add up, the reason you're uh, collecting ten months is because you got to buy the property. Sometimes you got to do a little work to it. You got to put it on the market. It could take a month or two for it to get rented. You're gonna uh, your mortgage payments a thousand dollars, twelve thousand a year, eight thousand as interest, four thousand as principal. The four thousand is important, all right? Because um, and then you have taxes and insurance also added to it, so you're not cash flowing anything but you're still making $4,000 because that's your principal pay down, right? So that year, even though you were cash flow neutral, you are still making money. And the other benefit of cash flow and assets is that you get depreciation, right? So with that depreciation, you get to write off from your taxes. This is a good and it's also bad. It's been bad for me because we own so much real estate. I can write off so much on my taxes that I actually get money back every year when I file my taxes, the problem is banks don't want to lend to me because they're like, you're not making any money. I'm like, no, I am. I'm just not paying taxes, you know, because I get to use real estate to do this. If we break this down, as far as, you know, when you eventually sell, you bought the house for 80,000, it's valued 100,000, you put 16,000 down. This is kind of your traditional real estate deal, right? You appreciated 3%, so it sold for 103, Minus all your closing costs and everything associated, closing costs from when you bought the house, closing costs from when you're selling the house, you profit about $17,000, right? So $13,000 on the sell plus the $4,000 that you made on the rent. Not a bad deal. All right. These are terms that you got to learn. Return on investment. So return on investment is your gain from the investment minus the cost of the investment. And you're going to get, you're going to divide that by the cost of the investment. So you have $17,000, which was your profit divided by the $80,000 that the house costs, you get 21% return on investment. This is something you hear a lot of people talk about return on investment. This is basic. This is actually a really good return for that level of capital. The difference with this is that you got to keep in mind that this return on investment is factored in that you bought the house for 80,000. Now the number that we like to look at is your cash on cash return. This is the number that actually matters because you're actually out of pocket $22,000. You're not out of pocket 80,000, right? You're using leverage. You put $16,000 down, plus your cost, the closing costs, you're in it for $22,000, and that year you made 17,000. So your cash on cash return on this deal for that one year is 77%. You're not getting that in the stock market. In the stock market, you pay, you're buying $80,000 worth of stock, you're paying $80,000 worth of stocks, right? So you're not able to leverage the way you are in real estate. And then add to that appreciation and all the other good stuff that comes from owning a passive asset like this. So creative real estate. Creative real estate is anything out of the traditional methods, right? And this is what's considered creative is, again, Anything that's not something that you're going to do the traditional route. So how you find your properties, how are you purchasing your properties, how are you financing, and what your exit strategies. This is where the creative part of this business comes in. There are so many ways, and we're going to cover a lot of these, of how you're finding your properties that's not your typical way that agents are taught to find them. How are you, find, how are you taking control of these properties? It doesn't always mean that you have to buy them. 
You can take control of a property and not always buy it. So, and then how you're financing, it doesn't always have to be cash or a bank loan. And then your exit strategies. So we're going to cover a lot of these different strategies. So traditional, you use a realtor, right? You purchase from the MLS. Creative, who are you going to market to? This is the creative side. Now you got to start thinking. You got to find people that are distressed. Now this could be that the person is in a distressed situation, like a foreclosure, a divorce, they're relocating, something that's causing them that they need to sell the house. Not want to sell, they need to sell the house. Because these are the people that are just going to say, you know, hey, I need to sell and this is how much I need to get out of it. I don't care about the rest. They need to go quickly, right? So that's one side. Another side is the home is distressed. So a lot of people think in order to get distressed properties or, or distressed deals, the house needs to be falling down. I've bought beautiful houses that the person was in a distressed situation, right? So it doesn't have to be the house. Don't be fooled by if the house doesn't have, you know, a blue tarp on the roof, it's not going to work. No, I bought beautiful homes. We got great rentals that the houses were immaculate. We didn't have to do anything to the property, but the person needed to sell as soon as possible and they needed to sell fast. Yeah. So that's what we're going to cover. Yeah. I'm going to cover all the strategies that not just the strategies that we've used, but the strategies that are working today in this market. We are, you know, like what I like to say is a lot of times when you hire like a, a real estate coach or something, they're coaching you on real estate they did 10, 15 years ago. They don't, they don't even do real estate. They're so big right now that they don't even do real estate anymore. We are coach operators, right? We, we're doing this thing day in and day out. We're still in the trenches. We're still doing these transactions every single day. So you want to do, you want to target motivation. You want to target a potential distress. So for a home distress, you want to target maybe code violation. These are all lists that are available through the county websites. And you can go to code violations. You can look for, you can actually get a whole list from the county that tell you what each code is. So you can get tall grass, you know, deferred maintenance, like anything that's giving them a violation um, through the county. Violations, usually there are people that get uh, a violation once or twice or something like that. It's fine. What we started doing that's a little bit more unique is we were compiling the list month over month. And then after three months, we ran that list and saw who was on that list all three months in a row. Because this is a person that's getting violations after violations. And if they're not taking care of them, then they're obviously in some form of pain, right? There's a reason they're not taking care of these violations. Right? So we look for all of these things that could potentially mean that they're in distress and they're needing some help. There was a great list before. It was the water shutoff list. Um, the county did away with them because some, uh, some politicians started complaining that it was predatory. And I'm like, how's it predatory? I've helped people with whole water shutoff list. And they were telling me, they're like, oh my God, I didn't know I could sell my house without water. You know, like they needed to get out. They're living in a house with no water. I mean, you know, this isn't a third world country. Not having water here is a big issue, right? Like you're really hurting. And most of these people, they did not know they could still sell their home regardless of not having water. So we were able to help them sell their home and capture that equity that they had in there. They had no idea they can do that. So we're always looking to provide a service to the people that just don't know what options they have. The next one is the foreclosure list. 
This is another list that you can capture from the county. Um, you can, in Texas, your first Tuesday of every month is auction day. Rain, snow, shine, first of the year, it doesn't matter. It's always first Tuesday of the month. That list comes out 21 days before that first Tuesday. That list is released. Now, here's another little insider trick. What we started doing is usually that 21 days before, everybody that's doing foreclosure marketing is hitting that list hard, right? I'm talking about direct mail, like every possible way. What we started doing is we went straight to the county and we started finding out when that list is initially published, when that person is initially listed to be foreclosed on. There are times that they're put on the foreclosure months before their actual auction date. So right now we are speaking to people that are set to be for auctioned off in April. And we're talking to them today. You understand? So while people are waiting 21 days before, I'm getting access to them months before through the county. So the county, when you look for the county websites, the county clerk site, there's an actual part in there where it shows you all the uh, notices of the fall. And you can see every day, I, have, I, I, I used to do it, but now I have virtual assistants that run it for us. But every day you just go in there and you look at all the new uh, notice of defaults that are being posted every single day. And you look at them, you look at what, you know, if they are, what type of property it is, where it's located. You can see everything, how much they're, you know, how much they're being foreclosed for, all of it. You can see all the information on there. You look at the property and then we'll go over some different strategies on how you can contact these people. So we're seeing foreclosures go up. There was an article recently that they're saying over 500,000 people in the United States are already in default with their mortgages that bought in the last two years. Because, I mean, we all saw it. People were paying 40, 50 grand over ask. It was insane. I was like, this ain't good. I, I, I knew something was going to happen at some point, right? You can't be paying that much more over ask. You're going to be underwater. Anything shifts, you're underwater already. So, we're already seeing that and we're seeing that level just in San Antonio, we're starting to see an increase before we weren't doing foreclosure marketing because the only foreclosures that were being foreclosed on, the only properties being foreclosed on were the ones that had been, you know, pretty much behind like two years. So the problem is like trying to help out somebody like that. They're pretty much underwater at that point. Now there's a strategy for that. It's called a short sell, right? We can do it that way. But at those times, the banks, the market were too hot. The banks weren't really negotiating. It just, it wasn't something that we liked to do at the time. But as, a, as an agent, that's an option you have. In StepStone, they have a lot of specialty in, in their departments to handle short sales and to be able to assist you through those situations, which short sales in the coming years are going to go, in my opinion, they're going to go right back up as they used to. Um, so now we're seeing foreclosures that of, people, of homes being foreclosed on after missing three, maybe four months, right? So now you're talking about people that they just start falling behind and the banks are in them like, you know, right away, putting them up for a foreclosure. These are going to be excellent deals because as we're going to talk later, there's some great strategies you can use to capture these deals. So those lists, another list that I like using right now is absentee homeowner, right? These are your landlords. These are your people that just don't live in the property. Why this over anything else? We were marketing to homeowners that lived in their home. What was the problem that we were seeing is home prices shot up too much. Interest rates are too high. 
taxes are too high. They're like, yes, I would love to sell my house, but where do I go? And I was like, well, you have a point. You know, you, you have terrible credit. You don't have much money. You don't have a lot of equity in your home right now. So you sell your house and yeah, it might be deteriorating. You might be in trouble or whatever it is, but you sell it. Where do you go? You can't even afford rent, right? So it's like, yeah, that, this is a, a real issue, you know? So unless they're being foreclosed on, where they're pretty much going to be kicked out on the street regardless, these people, you know, I kind of tell them like, yeah, just kind of sit tight. You know, this isn't a good market for you to sell your home and go do what? Where are you going to go now, right? So instead of doing that, and this is something that I tell people all the time, look, we are not in the business of stealing somebody's home. We're in the business of helping people that need to sell. That's it. I'm not here to steal anybody's house. I don't want to do that. I like sleeping at night and I have a conscience and I can't do that if I know that I took advantage of somebody. It just, it doesn't sit well with me. So every transaction we do, we're making sure if we're not helping these people out, we're not doing it. You understand? Like I want to provide them value. That's my goal every single time. So foreclosure, you're going to lose your home. Like it, it, that's it. If you can't make up that payment, if you can't, if you don't have the time to do a loan modification, which even with a loan modification, most people can't afford it. So it doesn't even matter if you can or can't do that. Um, if you can't stop that foreclosure, you're going to lose your house. That's just a fact. You know what I mean? There's going to be a sheriff at your door kicking you out and taking all your stuff out on the street. That's just what's going to happen. I'm trying to help them avoid that, capture whatever little equity they have in the property. So, bless you. Um, absentee is the same thing. They don't live in the house. They don't have that attachment. It's a second home. It's a landlord. It's a whatever it is. Maybe they're having distress. So it's like they don't care about selling the home because they don't live there. It's not their primary residence. Right. So you're not taking their property. So you tend to have a better reaction, you know, a better uh, conversion rate with absentees in this market. Right. This is just the market that we're in. Other possible distress lists are liens, property with liens. Um, you have property with uh, late taxes, which in Texas, late taxes could mean that you get foreclosed on next year or 10 years from now. I don't know what the heck is going on here that, that I've dealt with properties that have been behind in taxes for 12 years. I'm like, I don't know how the hell you still have your property. You know, and other people, they fall behind not even six months and they're already getting a foreclosure notice. I don't know what the rule of thumb is here. I guess it just depends on how much you piss off the county. I don't know. But it's uh, late taxes is another motivation. Uh, divorce is another motivation. People that go through divorce. Another list I like to use is called pre-probate. So you all heard of the probate process. This is pre-probate. So this is before the person dies. I'm just kidding. We don't know when the person's going to pass away. But this is the person just passed away and they haven't started the, pro the probate process yet. So what we do a lot of times, instead of going through the probate process, which could be very lengthy and costly because you need attorneys and everything, we do affidavit of airships. With affidavit of airships, we track down all the years, we track down who has the rights to everything, we get the affidavit signed, we bypass the whole probate process. So it saves them a bunch of money and it gets everything done so much faster, right? So pre-probate is another great place to do it. Um, pre-probates, I like a website called foreclosuresdaily.com. Um, the lady you're going to want to speak to is Tangi. Uh, so you have Angie over there, but this lady is Tangi. Um, 
and she's out of Florida. And they, what they do, what's so valuable is they pull pretty much, how do you, I'm trying to figure out how to say it nicely. Uh, so they pull like recently deceased people that just died this week. They pull them on a weekly basis. So other people that are waiting for the probate list, they're waiting for somebody that passes away, whatever the heirs are that they get their stuff together, start the probate process, then they get access to them. Well, we get access to people as soon as somebody passes away that owns a property. So this website, they're scouring the county, the, the, the obituaries, everything, for people that are passing away that own a home. And they're providing us that list. So we're able to market to them, right? So that's one way. Another list provider that we like to use is Deal Machine. Deal Machine recently partnered up with a title company. This is not many people know. So the benefit of partnering up with a title company is they get very accurate data. You know, where I used to use a service called PropStream. And when I started comparing, PropStream is months delayed compared to Deal Machine. And in this business, being first matters, right? So you want to be able to be first as often as you can. So Deal Machine is a website that we like to use for pulling lists. And then you also have your county website. But county websites require more of your time and more of your work. It can be done. I've done it. Um, it's a great place, especially for people that don't have a lot of money that they can pay for these services. You can definitely go ahead to a county website and pull these lists yourself, right? A lot of these lists, you can pull them from the county. Also depends what county you live in. Some counties like Commonwealth County, we got to actually drive to the county and pull the data in person. So that gets a little annoying. Uh, but Bayard County has been doing pretty good on putting a lot of this information, uh, online. Guess we just got kicked out. Um, <laughs> so anything on lists, any question on like different creative lists? Yeah. Okay, so you get that list of the recently this days. How long do you wait? Because I have the funny sticks up one funny. But my neighbors <laughs> passed away and I put a condolence card with my business card. Oh God. Did the kids did not like that. I, I would assume so. I, don't, I, I wait almost nothing. Like I, I do it right away. The difference is I don't tell them that I know somebody passed away because that makes you look like you're a vulture. Right? Yeah. So it, it makes you, so what I do is I approach people. So even if it's your neighbor, have somebody else approach them. Right? Partner with somebody. I, partnerships are tremendous in real estate. And when it comes to creative and investment side of real estate, we partner all the damn time with people. So it's a great option to have. No, no, no. With other investors, other agents, just have somebody else contact them, right? So if it's your neighbor and they know who you are, have somebody else contact them. Go through somebody else and then partner with them on it. Um, but we do it right away. The difference is we don't approach it as, hey, I just found out your father died. Are you looking to sell? It's very insensitive, right? What we just do is like, hey, I'm calling about this house. Just curious to see if you guys are interested in selling. That's it. I, you know, they're like, oh, that was my dad's house. He just passed away. So sorry to hear that. But I'm, it doesn't, I'm not coming off as like I'm taking advantage of people. Does that make sense? So you, you're going direct and you're just asking them, do you want to sell? You know, do, do I get people that are pissed off? Thousand percent. Always. You know, and the majority of the time, you're always going to deal with people that are pissed off, especially in foreclosures. You know, and that's just what it is. You got to have them some thick skin and just go through it anyway. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't tell them anything special. I just tell them, do you want to sell? That's it. But I want you to start thinking creatively. You guys are agents. 
You've dealt with a lot of homeowners in different situations. Try to think what's got, what gets them into the situation before they come to you. Because if you can get them beforehand, you're the only one talking to them versus them going to every single agent that they can Google.